All right, we're live. All right, we are now at the final part of our fourth installment of Army Anonymous. We're going to pick up right where we left off. We're still in the fandom etiquette category of questions so let's kick it off with the next submission <laughs> you said the fourth installment they're, they're gonna be looking for part three is 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 it is this not is wait how many is this only the third installment we only have three parts every time <laughs> no, no 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 i mean like army anonymous four like this is the fourth time oh right yeah okay so the yeah. final the third part of the, the fourth third part of the fourth installment yeah we are so confusing <laughs> <laughs> we are the biggest clowns <laughs> <laughs> but anyway okay. so this mission reads they say the most common thing i see people say these days on twitter is army stan twitter is hell now and yes i agree as someone who's been on this place, aka Army Twitter, since 2014, I do have quite a bit of experience. I've seen BTS getting tremendous hate and more hateful hashtags trend, and the boys coming across them right after a concert. I've seen Namjoon getting hate and death threats and them having to cancel concerts. I've seen trolls that managed to get so much attention the boys saw and hate being thrown at them for simply breathing left and right. I started following BTS when they had less than 200k followers, and now they have 33 million. Point is, I've seen a lot, and I've been through a lot. I've seen the fandom come together to derail the hate trains, have seen the fandom come together to defend the boys and speak up for them in places they didn't. And that sort of camaraderie is what makes a fandom special. That's why armies have always been a formidable force for the outside and the market. That's why BTS is so grateful to us. And that's why we're so close as a team. But I see the infiltration of all kinds of people in the fandom, minors, literal kids, and I'm glad they found BTS. I'm glad they have them as role models, but SNS isn't for kids for a reason, especially Twitter where word travels so fast. I've seen the so-called big accounts getting canceled over absolutely nothing and then good people leaving the platform and actual problematic stands still staying. What I find surprising is how quick people are to jump to conclusions and jump aboard the bandwagon without trying to look at the matter at hand through their own perspective. I've seen people get jumped for saying they don't like one song BTS put out or for not tweeting about this one award BTS got, and it's ridiculous. People aren't allowed to have opinions on here anymore. People aren't allowed to tweet about themselves. People aren't allowed to be anything besides a quote-unquote fan, so much so everything the big accounts tweet are like the cute posts, pictures of Bangtan's news updates, and so on. That's a choice, and I don't have anything against it. I do the same on my platform, 30k people following. But I wish I could also go talk about my day without fearing that I'm about to get jumped. I wish I could go back to the time I was allowed to be someone who wasn't just an army and has a life outside of Twitter and has opinions. I wish I didn't have this irrational fear of getting canceled and getting called an auntie of the boys who I love and cherish the most. And I wish I could be brave enough to tweet about anything and forget about it or share something without 40 people telling me I'm oversharing. I wish everything I do on my account didn't seem so scripted and fake and so joyful when I'm anything but and could talk about other things and have peaceful conversations slash discussion with people without being afraid. People should always be called out for when they make a mistake, but they should also be given a chance to just be and grow. BTS constantly talks about love and support and growth, and that's just gone from today's ARMY Twitter. It's a horrible place to be at, and no matter how much I try to curate my timeline, it's just not the same as how it used to be, especially at the end of the awful year that was 2020. 
2020 was the year where more people turned to SNS for longer periods. The fandom grew so much in one year, and new fans on a quest to be edgy and stand out and get hit tweets keep uh, keep hating on people. I can't say this without coming off across as overdramatic, but it honestly just feels like I've been held hostage. It honestly feels like I'm being back in the closet. And this is from Japan. Yeah, they have a lot going on in their mind. I feel so bad for them because they, because like they said, they're a big account with 30k people following them. So they must feel like wow. very pressured to like tweet a certain way to not seem quote unquote problematic and not get canceled. Like, I feel so bad for this person. I know. And like, they they say that, um, I can't say this without coming off as overdramatic, but like, I don't think it is over dramatic like when you have such a large following people have this idealized version of you in their heads and even though it's sick because we're all just regular people behind a profile picture you know we're not celebrities we're just fans um but when you get such a large following it's intimidating and you know there's not really set guidelines on how to navigate that and so i think it is, you know, a pretty dangerous uh, world on the internet where you just have, like, all these kids with these big followings and have no clue what to do with it. Yeah, and this goes back to what we were saying in our previous parts about how we have no problem with kids being able to find a solace within the fandom, and that's great. And I don't want to take away their safe space, but they also have to be careful how they navigate it and like the type of things they allow in their timeline, the things they're tweeting, the people that they trust. Um, I think it's so important for them to keep that in mind so they don't end up spreading false narratives about the boys, about armies, or just about anything in general. Because um, kids, even though maturity doesn't always equate to how old you are, you know, there are a lot of kids who do believe stuff on the timeline. So it can be really frustrating when, you know, you see people and like they're trying to be some type of edge lord or they're trying to be woke for brownie points on Twitter and like you check their bio and they're like born in like 2007 or something and it's like, come on, man, come on. It's it's also like, you know, BTS have been through a lot and people like you and me and OP that sent this question, you know, we've seen so much and... I feel like the past, like, two years, BTS has kind of just, like, been going above other, you know, other groups. Like, they're succeeding way past everyone's expectations. And so my question is, I've mentioned this before, but if you've joined the fandom just last year, uh, why why are you beefing with EXO stands or Blackpink stands? Like, what, what, you should not be fighting anyone in the name of protecting bts when you don't even know what you're protecting them from you were not here during the blue house petitions that back in 2016 you were not here during you know 2017 when the billboard awards were like called a paper award like you were not there you were not there to experience it it's not your place to be so up in arms against all these other stand accounts like it's not your place exactly like if you weren't there it's not your fight to be fighting and i feel like some people get so carried away in trying to defend bts for cloud they don't even realize like 
they don't even know what they're fighting for. They don't understand the type of negativity they bring onto the timeline. And this is what we were talking about in episode three with Shooter Armies, how like you guys will literally spend more time clapping back to aunties with like barely any engagement and like there's barely any tweets like about bts by themselves without you quote tweeting somebody and it's like you have to remember why you're here and you have to remember that like we're here for the boys like you can't just be fighting all day every day especially for things you were not there for like delilah said you weren't here for 2016 with the blue house petitions nor 2017 with the billboard music award issues you weren't here for november 2018 like literally anyone who's fighting with like a specific fandom in the big year 2021 bro stop it like those fan wars have like we've been over those years ago like i feel like anybody any army fighting with an exo stand present day is pathetic i'm sorry (laughs) honestly like and if i don't know like people i get it you know they want to get in on the fandom experience and like they want to feel a part of things and i guess like when you haven't been here uh, for everything and you didn't get to experience everything in real time you still want to feel though as if you could have been a part of it but honestly it doesn't matter if you joined yesterday or if you're joined like pre-debut like there's just certain there's just certain things i think armies need to always put first and that'll always be just bts themselves like you should not be fighting with aunties and other k-pop stands like it's not a good it's not a good use of your energy and it's also um we said this in episode three about shooter armies but also you're putting negativity on other people's timelines as well so stop creating a negative space um yeah i feel bad for op because they feel like Twitter is such a negative space for them. And I know, considering their large following, they probably feel like there's not too much they can, like, really talk about. So I hope uh, you getting your feelings out was a bit cathartic. Yeah, because I feel like nobody deserves to feel like they're pressured into tweeting a certain way. Because, again, like, that's, like, the thing with, like, people who, like, get platforms. I think we talked a little bit about this in, like, episode, I think it might have been episode seven, where we had, like, that whole discussion about, like, big accounts versus small accounts. And, like, when your account starts to grow, like, there, it gets to a point in time, like, where people just start becoming entitled. And by people, I mean, like, people who might follow you. And they expect you to tweet a certain way or to tweet about certain things like all the time. For example, I remember there was this one army account who I follow and because like she's also a big account, but because um, she wasn't tweeting enough about like purchasing dynamite on like a certain day like some person tried to call her out for it and it's like oh you've been fighting all day with like solos and mantis and like you're not even tweeting about anything important like you're just like and then like denny she brought up like denny's the person i follow by the way she's the big account in question she brought up tweets like from literally the same day where she was tweeting about like buying dynamite and talking about like streaming it and then she was like oh yeah but like and like the person who was like complaining, she was like, oh, yeah, but you were burying it under other BS. And I'm like, how are you talking to people like this? Like, how are you so rude and entitled that like you're literally targeting one specific big account? 
and are acting as if they committed a federal offense because they did not tweet about dynamite enough to your liking. Like these are regular human beings and they're not obligated to tweet about anything. And it is not your place to ask for them to tweet about anything. And they also have lives off of Twitter. So if they're not tweeting about something, it doesn't mean that they're not interested in that thing. Cause like, for example, like um, we were talking about in the last part yesterday, how um, Sue Choi she was canceled um because like solos thought that she was like a jungkook and jimin Ansi because she didn't tweet about jungkook singing the cover for who but she retweeted somebody else you know who posted the video but earlier today she said that she was going to take a break up until the grammys and uh basically v solo stands were coming at her in the quotes because oh my gosh like it's not a coincidence i didn't see that let me go she check. got jumps because the reason why is because today is the one year anniversary of sweet night so it was like they were like oh it's so coincidental that she uh decides to take a break with sweet night's anniversary today like it's clear that she's a tay anzi like what i'm gonna be real guys i completely forget about the exact date releases come out unless i see other people talking about it like i'm gonna be so real someone's like oh it's the fourth anniversary of d2 in a few years from now i'm gonna be like oh dang i had no clue like i it's 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 ridiculous right everyone's lives are so busy you know we don't have you know the energy to keep track of every little thing exactly and it's like it's not even like the song came out today like it was just released today like no it came out last year like me i'm also the same i forget most anniversaries for specific songs or albums unless i see people already talking about it on the timeline so like for example i tweeted about like uh the one year anniversary of map of the soul seven but that's only because like i saw people talking about the timeline and i was like oh yeah today was the day it was released last year that's cool and i tweeted about it but like most of the time i usually don't tweet like song anniversaries because it's like like i don't feel like i need to like because at the same like there are other ways you can show your love for a song and it doesn't have to be through celebrating its anniversary every single year like Again, it's back to what I was saying about how solos like do so much performative stuff where they truly believe that somebody is an anti if they're not tweeting about the anniversary of a song um, of like a specific member. And it's like there are people who are literally going around calling BTS all sorts of derogatory names. There are people who are literally go doing smear campaigns against BTS at this very second. And the people that you're worried about are people who did not tweet hashtag sweet night one year anniversary. Like that's the anti that that's the anti that you're going for. That's the hill you want to die on. People's priorities are seriously out of order um instead of just yelling at people for not tweeting about sweet night first anniversary why don't you just go stream sweet night since it's that important to you i i will probably be streaming sweet night anyway because it's on my nighttime playlist um so like even regardless if it was its anniversary or not but yeah i don't know what is wrong with all the attack on translators that's been popping up these past few months, but it's getting crazy. Yeah, solos are getting, like, 
they're starting to spread out a lot more to like more translation accounts to jump because they're bored and maybe because they're pushing back. So like they're starting to feel pressured and they're starting to like double down on their attacks or whatever. But we need to come together and kick them out again because like this cannot be tolerated. Like all these translators, regardless of how many followers they have, are humans, uh, all these big accounts, regardless of how many followers they have, are humans. And for them to be the target of such hate and vitriol, that is not okay. And we need to be more active than ever than uh, bullying and reshowing these solos because they need to go. So, yeah. As we, um, as we conclude this ask, I want to give a shout out to uh, user, um, at userbfly. Because they have, like, almost 60k followers, but they still tweet also, like, it's a personal account, too. They don't care. They're like, yes, I stand BTS. But also, if I want to tweet about skincare, I'm gonna do it. Uh, and so, I really respect Yeah, that. she's been, like, I've followed her, for, like, for ages now. Like, probably since I first joined Stan Twitter. And she has literally been tweeting the exact same since. Like, I respect her for that. So... Honestly, like, I, I like that type of energy. Like, if you feel comfortable enough to, like, share with other people, um, I feel like, you know, when it comes to sharing, um, people mind less than you think um, when it comes to, like, sharing stuff about your life. Because me, I like to tweet little anecdotes about my life from time to time. And, like, I've never come across a problem. So maybe, like, if you feel comfortable in sharing, you should just do it. Because um, you'll find that a lot of people are actually interested to know what a lot of big accounts do in their free time. And it helps to humanize you. It helps people get to know you better. And, you know, that will allow you to make more connections online and find people who will, you know, support you and be friends with you. So do try. Um, and good luck to you. So the next submission, they say the whole ARMY Twitter has gotten so bad. Everything is toxic thing has been getting annoying when coming from armies themselves. Fandoms are just microcosms of society. It should be obvious that every fandom or group of people will have its bad apples. And we just happen to be extra large. At the end of the day, it's up to you to curate your own timeline. If you only see negative stuff, then unfollow slash mute slash block the ones who post it. I've heavily curated my TL and I still see issues that matter and should be addressed, such as racism and xenophobia towards BTS, while being free of the pointless drama that other parts of the fandom like to start. I respect the not having a good time on ARMY Twitter community, but it ain't me. And that's from the USA. So this is kind of slightly different from the one above where, um, you know, people like this person here has like kind of been through a lot that that submitter from Japan. But this person from the USA is saying that, like, look, like at the same time, well, like some parts may be bad with Army Twitter. Maybe the whole Army Twitter getting toxic part just needs to stop. And I partially agree because at the same time, well, I don't think that like the entire fandom is like on fire right now is in flames. I also do think that there have been a lot of people these days infiltrating the fandom that have been making it a hard that have been making it hard to like enjoy army Twitter in general. Cause like, for example, like all these solo stands that we now have to deal with the mantis, the, the, the crypto scammers, like, so much has been going on. So at the same time, while I don't think that the entire fandom is like going downhill, I also do want to acknowledge that there are a lot of issues that we're dealing with at the time that just keep on getting bigger, you know, the more our fandom grows. So yeah, what do you think? My perspective is 
I agree, and but I also think it's important to think about where it's coming from. If it's armies genuinely concerned about toxicity, I think that's great. Um, I definitely think that we should openly talk about it, so then that way, like you can, like Op said, we could find ways to combat it by like blocking, muting people making sure you're curating your own timeline. However, if, um, like, another non-army is talking about how toxic armies are, I do not care. Yeah. Um, like, today on this podcast, I will be like, yeah, army has so many problems, but once I log off and I see, um, some non-army talk about how toxic we are, I will be all hands on deck. I will be, like, y'all have no idea how toxic every fandom is like it is crazy the things right I like see. i'm really the same where like i only allow armies to talk about army problems because obviously we're armies so we know like all that's going on we see all the different sides of the fandom and we understand how much nuance needs to come with the discussion of you know how like toxic the fandom is but, like, if I see a non-army coming up, like, with all this, like, oh, my gosh, army is so toxic. They're always so problematic, bro. It's all fisticuffs for me, bro. You are not saying that <laughs> on BTS's internet. No, ma'am. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, yesterday, Twitter was in flames because yesterday, Rosé's, um, Rosé from Blackpink, her solo dropped. And I don't know what is wrong with Blackpink solo stands, but they were all fighting each other. Being like, if you're supporting Rose, then don't even call yourself a Jenny stan. And I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> like, I don't know if you guys have seen Blackpink solo stands, but like, they are Yeah, some crazy. of our friends sent like tweets of them from the, to the group chat, and I was reading through it, and it was so funny. <laughs> because it's like, how do you even speak like that? Like, they're on the same like intellectual level as the solo stands that we have. Like, all this dumb rhetoric. And I was like, how do you people like say this stuff and not be embarrassed like imagine like that's why that's why i'm afraid of this twitter space thing because imagine like getting added to like a twitter space and like they're all solos having to like hear them and understand that these are like literally humans talking and having this line of thinking that scares me i don't feel like i want to know that these people are humans i i i think i don't know i think it would be interesting to be like oh so like they're saying this out loud and think that it sounds normal. Um, but at the same time, I also never want to hear them speak Period. ever again. We're tired of hearing them. So, like, honestly, for now, I would say always do your best to block out as much negativity as possible. Um, and, you know, if you feel like that, like, there's, like, problems in the fandom that needs to be addressed, I feel like the more we talk about it, the more normalized it's going to become. So... Definitely, I hope that one day, like for some of these people who have these issues, um, they'll be able to take it onto the timeline without, you know, getting jumped for it. So good luck to all these people. But anyway, next submission. Um, the next submission says, armies don't have the same energy as before. Some armies are getting lazy in voting. And as our fandom grows each day, lots of people want to trash our name by pretending to be armies and hating on lots of groups that brought us to fan wars. And this is from the Philippines. So in terms of voting, I'm not sure what exactly they mean, because sometimes I don't pay attention to what exactly is going on, like in terms of like where we're supposed to vote for stuff. Yeah, I feel like, um, I don't know, like what do we even vote for other than because like, I mean, 
they haven't really been like promoting on music shows um and they're i don't know and i'm trying to think and like with when it comes to like award shows even if we don't get like first if we get like second or third like our sales and like digital numbers will make up for that because like voting is actually such a small percentage like people get so upset when they get um like number one in voting but then like they don't win but like that's not the only criteria um a lot of times uh when it comes to like things like you know mellow music awards or like mama uh it's pretty often you'll see like maybe like the person who got like second third or fourth in voting get the award just because the fan vote was only like 20 percent like the rest was all based on like sales and charts and uh professional judges opinion whatever the heck that criteria contains <laughs> but um yeah i think i feel like because we haven't had um a comeback in a while it kind of feels like we aren't really together so i feel like when they announce a new album and a new title track i feel like we're gonna see armies really uh yeah because at the moment there's not really anything to vote for other than like neighbor searches or whatever and i'm like who has the time (laughs) to waste (laughs) on voting for that like honestly like i would sooner like I would sooner eat my left shoe than have to spend all day voting for like neighbor searches and neighbor posts or whatever. That sounds stupid, but um whenever people like post a screenshot of an Instagram poll and are like, "Guys, you have to go vote on this." I'm like, "I am not opening up the hellscape that is Instagram to search this random account just to click BTS on a poll that literally does not matter." <laughs> literally like i find it so stupid especially when they like try and guilt trip you they're like oh where's the biggest fandom on the internet i'm like the biggest fandom in the internet is not voting like we're not here we're not (laughs) listening (laughs) please go away it's like we are here and we see you but we are choosing to look away (laughs) yes we pretend that we do not see it because it's like these days we've learned to prioritize which awards are important so it's like if i see a poll and people are like begging us i'm like it's not that serious you will learn in time but it is not that serious like if they lose a singular poll it's not the end of the world i feel like there are other things we could be focusing our time on if you want to vote for those polls go ahead but like don't be guilt tripping other armies into like not like into voting for them as if they were even important to begin with. Like you can vote for them, but then also acknowledge that the polls aren't really that important. Like they can be two completely separate things, but they can exist. They can coexist together. But um, as for the second part of their uh, query, they were talking about how a lot of people want to trash our name by pretending to be armies and hating on lots of groups that brought uh, fan wars. And yeah, there's a lot of people who do like to stir up drama that likes to cosplay as armies. We've been dealing with that a lot more these days, and it's been getting really annoying. The way I know, like, they're cosplaying as armies is because, like, they'll be starting things with, like, groups that, like, aren't even, like, aren't even super big. Like, it'll just be, like, Ricky fourth gen groups, and I'm like, armies don't know who this man is stop making things up they do not care about this random idol in this one group that 
does not have a big fan base. Like, that's how I know people are just making things up. Right. It's like you want to go, like, like you see some people and it's like you're going for, like, Astro of all groups. Like, what on earth? Like, what kind of beef do we have with Astro fans? Like, can somebody please? None. Nothing. <laughs> we have no beef with Astro fans. So I hate when people try and stir stuff up as if, like, every army is, like, hating on a specific group when, like, I could guarantee you that, like, most armies will not even know who that group is. Like, come on, man. It's, 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 it's definitely getting ridiculous. Uh, it's annoying that K-pop fans fall for it because it fits their army toxic agenda. It's annoying, it's annoying when other armies fall for it. Like, I don't know. It's just annoying. I, I feel you. Yeah, so people need to stop doing that. I agree. And then... Then we're on to our last submission for the fandom etiquette slash internal problems category. So this person says, can ARMY stop commenting under Blackpink is better comments under the boys posts? Those accounts and their friends make a game out of who will get the most engagement. It's so embarrassing seeing y'all fall for that trap over and over again. And this is from the USA, period. Because I really do not care about those comments at all. I just like block those people. I know, like... If someone is under a Soompi article being like BTS flops, like why why give them the time of day? Like they just want your attention. Exactly. That's literally what they're there for because I don't know, maybe they have miserable lives at home and they don't get attention outside of the internet. So they make up for it by trying to be Regina George on Twitter and try and look for attention. And you people are literally just falling right into their trap and you're giving them the attention they want. They're not going to listen to you when you explain to them in in a thesis with APA referencing why BTS is not a flop. They're not listening to you. So... And you're also going to get yourself, like, worked up and, like, angry over this random Twitter account. And, like, now your whole day is just ruined and you're just going to, like, go and be moody all day because Twitter ruined your, I don't know, ruined your mindset. Um, might be a little bit of exaggeration, but that happens to me. Sometimes I'll on Twitter just see something whole day ruined. <laughs> right. Like, do you, like, you guys don't want to throw away your mental health for the day simply to fight against uh, Twitter user Blackpink underscore OT4. Like, why would you do that to yourself? Come on. Think better. Bold to assume that um, someone calling BTS flop would even be an OT4 blame. <laughs> it's true it's probably their solos that start the most mess but like i don't even pay attention to like their twitter ads or anything because like by the time i see like blackpink is better comments like i've already blocked them i don't even look at anything else like regarding like their profile or anything i just block them on site (laughs) for the record we aren't blackpink aunties it's just the first thing that just comes to our mind (laughs) yeah and obviously because there's been a lot of tension between bts and blackpink fans on and off because of like uh issues that probably could be dedicated a whole episode on i won't lie but um yeah there's been fan wars between armies and blinks for maybe since like 2018 Hmm, maybe maybe that would be a good episode idea like be like why is there certain beef with like certain fandoms like that would be an interesting history lesson type of episode oh yeah we'll definitely keep it in mind but um yeah that basically concludes the end of this this section so next section uh is gonna be it's a section called fan wars so we're gonna start in that category yep the first submission says 
I don't understand why some people get so mad and other stands slash companies want to promote their groups. Like, obviously, they're going to want their faves to succeed. If you're not interested, you don't have to listen to them, but you can't blame them for promoting. I get being upset at people who use BTS's name to promote to promote their faves only to disrespect them right after but sometimes it really isn't that deep and stands are simply promoting their faves the way we promote bts also with like the new york eve live some people said big hit was using bts's fame to bring in more fans for txt and on hypen but those groups are also a source of income for them so it makes sense business wise a lot of people need to unclench and stop getting so pissed at the mere mention that other groups exist in my opinion from the usa i agree i don't know if i talked about it on this podcast but like daisy i'm pretty sure i've talked to you about it but like i predicted txt's debut i said in this year a group is gonna debut under big hit because it gives enough time for them to establish themselves before if bts have to enlist because you don't want to do it like right at the end because then it's just like, oh, they're obviously just like a replacement. Um, so, like, I knew that um, TXT were going to debut when they did, just based off, like, logic of, you know, needing another source of income. Like, it's not a very wise, uh, business-wise, to, like, have all your assets on one group. Because, like, what if something happened to BTS? Like, God forbid, something tragic. Um, like, I know it's kind of sick to like um think of them as you know like a source of income but from a company perspective that is what they are and so of course they're going to want to expand of course they're going to want more groups uh because it's really not smart to have all your income coming just from one source especially a source that is living and breathing and one day in the future won't be exactly like people were so naive to think that big hit would not debut another group like i was like from a business perspective like you were saying like it does not make sense to put all of your eggs in one basket because god forbid if something happens to bts then that's from a business perspective that is your income gone and bts is literally big hits main source of income and they're the main source of income for k-pop in general so it's like you take them out of the market and that's like literally like three to four billion dollars gone from your economy it's crazy and like txt like their music style their music video concepts their overall just like design and like they are just so stylistically and conceptually different from bts that i don't even see how you could say that you know bts is being used to propel txt because i feel like they have their own solid identity that they can exist separately yeah, like obviously they have the privilege of being under Big Hit and being BTS's juniors and TXT has verbally acknowledged that. So that makes me respect them even more, but that doesn't mean that they haven't put in the work to show that they themselves are worthy enough to be called good artists and good performers and they're not just, you know, riding the clout off of BTS. They've actually made a name for themselves. And like, even though like I'm just a casual listener of TXT, like the stuff that I've seen from them so far, like Delilah said, is so conceptually different that there's no way you could ever call them a replacement for BTS. They're their own entity and people should treat them as such. And for people to get mad at like things like the uh, the New Year's Eve live, like people were really saying that like, oh my gosh, like 
uh, Big Hit is grouping all their uh, all them together just to promote them with like BTS's like, club, and it's like, bruh, like it's it's a labels concert, like yes. It's I don't know to what promote they all the artists under Big Hit labels. Congrats, you cracked the code. <laughs> like they really thought that they did something, like as if they weren't going to be promoting all of the groups in a label concert. Right. I'm pretty sure it's also to stick a middle finger to like NBC and like all those guyos. Um because the producers of those are like super petty. So I wouldn't be surprised if Big Hit was also being petty in return and was like, we're just gonna host our own concert because you guys suck. <laughs> right, because we talk about this in well technically it's a future episode, but we've already pre-recorded it, um, about like um like Big Hit's beef with like a couple of like broadcasting channels and whatever, broadcasting stations. And you know, NBC is one of those people they kind of have like uh tension with, so I don't blame Big Hit for branching out and trying to have a place where their artists can perform, you know, without having to bend to the whims of other broadcasting stations. So, like, people getting mad at that, it's like, you guys are missing the whole big picture here. Yeah, anyway, I am such... Uh, I I get so sensitive when people talk bad about people like txt and unhypen because they haven't done anything wrong they're just vibing they are just making bops doing their own thing and like people get so upset um at like for example there was this one thing that happened um like big hits twitter account they had like made a post um they posted like a neighbor article in regards to like txt's anniversary but like armies were in the replies of that tweet like begging big hit to speak out about the asian hate thing that was going on i remember that. like and i'm like okay first of all uh can you not do this under txt's you know anniversary post and second of all why are you asking asians to take a stand against racism against uh, racism toward asians like are you stupid they are the victims are you dumb they don't need to make a statement because they already know what it's like to experience it right like i made a whole thread about this when it happened as well because i'm like you guys are literally like under Big Hit's mentions, the wrong mentions, by the way, under TXT posts, and you're on Weverse, like begging victims of racism to take a stand and like stand in solidarity with other people for racism towards them. Like, are you stupid or are you stupid? Like, I don't understand. That would be that would be like if someone went into Daisy's DMs and was like, why don't you have BLM in your bio? Like, why would she need to put that in her bio? Right? I am an African it's individual. Like, I do not need a hashtag BLM in my bio. It's like, I don't need to promote this hashtag. I am the hashtag. Right? Like, you want me to post a black square on Instagram? Have you, like, you've, like, I am black. I do not need to do this. I do not need to speak out for racism against myself. Like, people are so backwards with that. And honestly, like, the way that some armies move, 
like under like random posts and having issues with like vacant promoting their other artists is so weird i think that partially it can it's probably like a result of like being used to bts being like their only active group for so long that they're just not used to vacant promoting other groups but at the same time it's also like not their it's not biggest fault it's just them but also crown Wait, wait, TXT debuted 2018. Or 2019, yeah. 2019, yeah, they debuted 2019. Um, So if you joined the fandom in 2019, 2020, you've been here since TXT has been here. So, like, you have no reason to feel slighted by their presence. You have no reason to have to adjust to their new presence because they've always been there for you. So, like, what's That's the issue? That's true. That's a good point to make because it's, like, if anyone would be quote-unquote mad about, like, a new group coming in, it would have been the older armies like us, but we weren't. In fact, when we saw that, like, the promotions for, like, when they were revealing all of the TXT members one by one in, like, early January of, like, 2019, I remember, like, people trying to, like, the hashtag, like, big hit baby shower because, like, they were, ha- like, they were debuting a new group. That was cute. <laughs> But, like, there was, like, no negativity there. Like, everyone was rooting for the new group. They were like, oh, my gosh, like, you know, they're finally going to have, like, uh, juniors in the company. That's cool. But, like, somehow it's the armies who came, like, some armies who came after TXT debuted have a problem with Big Hit promoting other groups. I do not understand that. I think it's because, also, once again, they want to cash in on the whole oh, BTS had such a struggle in their debut days. Why does TXT get to, you know, not struggle? And I'm like, first of all, it's not, we gotta, this is not just like a BTS problem, a K-pop problem. This is a societal issue. This is an issue in society where we romanticize struggle. We think that everyone has to go through some tough crap in their life in order to be a better person on the other side. And it's so unhealthy, and I think criticizing people for not going through extreme hardships is yeah, sickening. Yeah, like, the reason why, like, like I think the, like the, thing, the whole point of, like, going through all those struggles is so the people after you don't have to have it as hard. It's the same thing with, like, parents. Like, a lot of our parents, especially, like, if your, like, parent is, like, Gen X or they're a boomer, like, they've gone through some tough stuff in their life, most likely. And so, like, like when they have kids and, you know, they're in better situations, they're going to want better for their kids. And, like, that's the whole point. Because I remember there was this one time one of my uncles, he was, like, parents are probably some of the only people who want their kids to do better than them. And it's, like, it's basically that kind of same mindset where, like, BTS, they've gone through, like, a lot of struggles, but they built the company up. And now the people who come after them don't have to struggle like they did to be able to make a name for themselves. They have so many resources now. They have, like, much higher budgets. They have, like, more staff members. There's so much more that they can do, um, which are perfect resources for people who work under Big Hit because, you know, there's such, like, a lot of creativity within that environment. So why would you not want that for, like, your juniors? Like, it's so dumb to think that, like, TXT has to share... A, a single bedroom apartment together and like be cut out of broadcast just to have the validation of being successful artists later on like they don't have to okay so i think we can move on to the next submission this one says 
Pave the way should not be such a controversial phrase on K-pop Twitter, considering how common the phrase is and how often it's used to describe people who are known trailblazers like BTS. Only on K-pop Twitter would it be seen as discrediting to older artists. From the USA. And yeah, I don't know what is K-pop Twitter's beef um, with being like, hey, BTS are the very first to do X, Y, and Z. Um, and after them, so-and-so happened. And people really like to say, no, Wonder Girls did it. And I'm like, no, they right? did not. Like, I've said this before, as much as I hate bringing up paved the way discourse in 2021, this has to be said again, because like I feel like people just don't get it. The first to try and fail at something is not paving the way. It's the people who try and succeed at what they were trying at who are able to be trailblazers to other people. Like, I don't think people understand that like just because your faves step foot in America first or talk to Western artists first before BTS suddenly means that like they have paved the way for like BTS in all aspects. And there are artists who have come before them that have paved the way, but in Eastern Asia, not America per se, BTS are probably like, in terms of like their success and the impact that they've had, like barely anybody has done what they've done. Like, in fact, pr pretty much nobody like, there are very few achievements that BTS has, I can think of, that, like, another Korean artist has done, specific, especially in the K-pop industry. I don't think anyone has done what they've done in America um, up until now. And the records that they've broken, like, that's those have never been done before. Some of them are records even set by Western artists that have not been broken. Like, think about, like, the record they just broke, like, yesterday, Michael Jackson's record with the, what was it, the IFPI um, rating thing? Like... BTS have just done so much and people take it as such an insult when we say that they're paving the way. Because I mean, if that's the case, if like paving the way is for like only reserved for people who are the first to do something, how many firsts does BTS have? BTS have so many firsts. How like, many firsts does BTS first have? First to be exactly. topping the Billboard 200, first to be topping the Billboard Hot 100, first to be winning top social artists, first to win in multiple years in a row. Um, in terms of first Korean artists, they're first to be like breaking all these iTunes records, first to be getting the Order of Cultural Merit, first to speak at the UN. Like there's so many things I can list right now that they've done first, yet K-pop fans want to um, pretend that those do not happen and I do not understand. Yeah, it's it's pretty annoying because um, I, because I, uh, like I feel like if it were an SM artist or a JYP artist or a YG artist, people would be like, yeah, totally them. Um, but it's just strange how, you know, just saying BTS did this, which is a fact, gets so much backlash. It's really crazy. Um, Yo, I remember, remember that time where, like, there was that like whole thread of an argument I had with like a big bang stun when they said that like BTS were not the kings of K-pop and I disagreed with them and we went on for like ages. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Mm -hmm. It was like, I don't know how many hours I was talking with this person back and forth on Twitter, but like they said that BTS were not the kings of K-pop and I gave them a list of reasons why I disagreed. And then they claimed that I was being angry and irrational, but they were the ones who were cussing me out the entire time. And I said funny. nothing. And also, I was like, 
I think we need to address uh, the fact that Korean researchers, Korean politicians, Korean, you know, media insiders have all said, like, BTS is setting the standard. They're doing things no other group has done. Like, it is actual Koreans saying BTS are paving the way that BTS are, you know, on a whole new level. So, why the heck does Lindsay from Idaho, USA think they know more about uh, who paved the way than actual Koreans? Like, come on. Like, we literally repeat what Koreans say and we get called xenophobic. I'm like, are you going to call the Koreans who said this xenophobic of their own people? Is that what we're doing right now? And, and girl group stands attacked Sunmi on Twitter when she was like, uh, no, one of the girls didn't do it. It was BTS. And, like, people were calling her ungrateful, saying that, like, she is disrespecting, you know, her legacy and is disrespecting her time in Wonder Girls. And I'm like, y'all really need to unclench and go outside. Like, how is giving credit where credit is due disrespecting her group? Exactly. Like, it honestly baffles me how K-pop fans will hold on to, like, so many names that have quote-unquote paved the way, yet those same people out of their own mouths have said that, like, BTS have paved the way. Like, Rain as well. They like to claim that, like, oh my gosh, like, Rain was the one who paved the way in the USA. Yet in an interview, like, they were... Like, it was, he was on, like, Weekly Idol or something, and they were telling him, he was like, oh, yeah, if it wasn't for you, like, BTS wouldn't be as successful as they were in the USA, and he was like, no, that had nothing to do with me. BTS, everything that BTS did was, like, all through their own efforts. Like, he said that, and people was, pretend like it didn't happen. I was so annoyed when, like, SM stands were like, yeah, Lee Suman giving credit to Boa for paving the way, because, like, Boa was like, I don't think it was, like, me, and... Lee Suman was like, no, 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 it was you. Like, because of you, K-pop is, like, where it's at now, blah, 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 blah. And everyone was like, yeah, give credit to Boa, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you guys are just upset that BTS is responsible for paving so much um, for other acts. Because, like, Boa is a very influential, very impactful artist. Love her, but she... um, she did not lay a foundation for other groups to walk on in America. And, like, my question also for this is, for example, if Wonder Girls released Nobody in, like, 2009, um, then how come from 2009 and afterward, like, no one else came through until Psy with Gangnam Style in 2012? But even then, that was, like, a viral hit. Um, and then and there's so still a like five-year gap between him and BTS. Yeah, and that's so that's a five, and then that's a five-year gap between 2012 and 2017 when BTS perform at the AMAs, and then 2018 is when BTS gets a number one album for the first time on the Billboard 200 with "Love Yourself" tier. So we went from 2009. And then it wasn't until 2018 that we see a number one album by a K-pop group on the Billboard 200. So almost 10 years after Wonder Girls, that success is visible. So tell me, if Wonder Girls paved the way, how come there is so much emptiness in between that time gap? 
And adding to that, like, it was success that came from BTS in 2018 and not even from juniors from her label. Because I've mentioned this before, like, if these people truly paved the way, tell me why the people who are seeing success are not from the same label as them. Because you've got Big Hit, which was an originally obscure and unknown company, and somehow these people are the ones who are making it. Yet all the people under SM, YG, and JYP have not even tasted half of the success that BTS have had in the past four years. So tell me how you've quote-unquote paved the way, but at the same time, your juniors are still like domestic level. How does that make sense? And like, I don't, I don't see this as like hating on other groups either. Like saying so-and-so group is not as impactful doesn't mean their music is trash. Doesn't mean I hate so-and-so group, but like, it's just a fact that like they have not achieved as much. Like, that's just a fact. Exactly. It has nothing to do with the quality of their music, although in some cases people argue that it might, but that's like a whole conversation for a different time. But this is not us saying that like the music is trash or that these people don't deserve success, but the way things have been going, the only people who have really achieved, like, if I could even call this mainstream, because BCS is still kind of working like into the mainstream still, I believe. But, like, the only people who have achieved this level of mainstream success has been BTS and, like, literally nobody else. So it's not that it's because anyone else is bad, but just because it hasn't been happening. And people like to pretend that, like, every K-pop group that has been promoting at the U.S. is at, like, the same level success-wise when that's really not true. Okay, Um, I think we can move on to the next submission. This one says... I know you shouldn't dislike a group because of their fans, but I feel like Stan Twitter conditions you to hate on other groups for no reason. Before I joined Twitter, I had no problem standing BTS and also enjoying Blackpink's music in peace, but seeing all the fan wars and the way some stands move had me involuntarily cringe whenever I see Blackpink or groups like EXO mentioned. What's crazier is that no K-pop stand I've met in real life is like this. We can talk about the music we like slash dislike and not get offended. I know Stan Twitter will never understand this concept. It's kind of sad that I had to remind myself I'm here for the music, not the fans, but blocking out all the negativity can be really difficult sometimes. From the USA. Yeah, I've talked a little bit about this like in a thread before, how like, even though I don't agree with like people leaving, I mean, well not, well, unstanding a group because of the fandom, I can also understand how it can happen because like if you have enough like terrible run-ins with the fandom then suddenly like you carry that association to like the people you're fans of like and like that can really warp your perspective on them and like the music and the comfort that they give you so I can understand that but at the same time you really do have to work against it if you want to find any piece on Stan Twitter because like we were saying in previous parts like if we went around unstanding every single like person we're a fan of because of their fandom we would like nobody because there's toxicity in every fandom and pretending like it's like normal to just drop people because of a fandom like that's not something that you should be doing and while i can understand why people might do that people should also find a way to maybe if it's the fandom that's a problem maybe try and dissociate yourself from the fandom a little bit like you have no obligation to be engaging with fans of a certain thing 
if you don't feel comfortable doing it. Like there's plenty of music that I listen to where even though I enjoy that artist, I'm not in that fandom engaging with other fans. So people should definitely try and do that. And, you know, like, honestly, I feel like I agree with this person where like a lot of K-pop stands like offline will not be as touchy as K-pop stands online because something about that Twitter internet, like the when when you just open Twitter, like I feel like people just automatically like lose brain cells. I think that's it. That's why so many K-pop fans just sound so <laughs> stupid online. And I won't, I'll, I'll be fully honest, I've had a mix of both good and bad um, experiences with K-pop fans in real life. Um, Delilah knows this. I've had two friends that I had to cut off simply because like they literally... It's like they took their Stan Twitter personas and like just carried it with them in real life. And that messed up my friend circle. So I had to cut them off. So uh, there's been both good and bad experiences from my end. But most K-pop stands I come across in real life are not bad. Yeah, I agree. Like for the most part, people actually are decent human beings. (laughs) So like it is sad that like some people take their mean girl persona and think it's cute in real life but it's not even cute it's on twitter not. as far as like as far as the other part um for this ask like yeah listen to like whoever you want i guess like if you follow me on my personal twitter account i post whatever the heck um i'm listening to i don't really care um to like make sure like my timeline is specifically bts only um even though i love bts the most and they are number one in my heart forever um i i'll doesn't mean i don't enjoy other songs casually as well yeah like there are on occasion times where i'll talk about other korean artists that i enjoy listening to or like the other week i was sharing like some french music that i was really getting into like like i feel like some people just like put too much thought into somebody's like account not being fully bts and it's like let people just tweet about what they want and if you don't like that person's content maybe you should try following somebody else instead of trying to police their tweets and their thoughts because that's not cool yeah like if i i really don't care um about like my following too much because like i know a lot of people only stay in BTS, so, like, they're not going to want to follow me if I mention other groups besides BTS, and that's fine. Um, if you want your timeline to be curated so you only see BTS content only, that is your choice. That's how you want your timeline curated, and, um, I think it's, you know, fine to have preferences. Yeah, because, like, I remember, because, like, this person said, like, before Stan Twitter, like, they were just enjoying other groups' music peacefully, and I won't lie, like, I was pretty much like that as well. Um, even though I joined, like, Stan Twitter in, like, 2018, um, I still was, like, a baby army. So, like, I really wasn't that involved in Stan Twitter yet. So I was still pretty much, like, enjoying, uh, you know, con- music from other artists, um, other Korean artists and, like, other groups, like, with no problem. I remember one of my friends, he was also, like, a baby army at the time um like he'd come in through like the love yourself her era 
And so like sometimes he would come up to my room because like this was in university. So like we were in the same accommodation, like we lived like one floor apart. So sometimes he'd come up to my room, we, we'd like watch some BTS and then maybe he might show me like this performance of EXO that he really liked. And like it was literally no problem. I feel like some people just get so offended seeing other groups on Twitter. Like, but if you come offline, people are usually not like that. So um, that concludes um this section of fan wars so now the next section um second to last section is just under the category of music so this one says this is apparently a controversial take not just on army slash k-pop twitter but music communities in general but in my opinion recording artists who don't write or produce their own music shouldn't be seen as less of an artist i used to agree with people who say you can't be an artist if you don't write your own music but after speaking with some IRL friends, I've realized how incredibly elitist and gatekeeping that mindset is. After all, some of the greatest singers of all time, like Elvis and Frank Sinatra, didn't write their own music. So does that mean they're not real artists? Are classical musicians not artists because they don't compose their own music? Also, as a big fan of Ariana Grande, I've seen so many people discredit her because of how many co-writers she works with. And it makes me upset that her art is seen as less valuable because of it. Ariana is known for her vocals, not her lyrics, and that's perfectly fine. Art comes in different forms. Not writing your own music just means you're a singer slash performing artist instead. It's okay to prefer artists who are heavily involved in their own music. After all, it's why we love BTS. But I'm tired of seeing people call other singers slash groups not real artists for not writing their own lyrics. Side note, I don't mean for this to apply to hip-hop because I know writing your own bars is an integral part of rapping, but I won't speak on it because I didn't grow up on the music slash it's not my culture. And from the USA. Um, yeah, songwriting is a very difficult process. Like, it is very hard to compose and produce music, and some people, you know, just because you write your own music doesn't mean it's yeah. good. Like, <laughs> there's a difference between... Writing your own music um, and it being, like, acclaimed and writing your own music and for the sake of writing your own music. Like, if you can't write, don't do it. (laughs) Yeah, and people would argue that it's subjective. And I agree that music can be subjective. uh, However, there are, like, a lot of technical aspects that you can critique that are kind of objective. For example, like, um, if I write an essay what you think of the topic of my essay and how I write may be subjective. However, there are still technical aspects you have to consider, such as like how I'm structuring my argument, like what my paragraphs are looking like, my references. Like there are a lot of things that you can objectively critique within music. So for example, like songwriting, while somebody's lyrics might not be your preference, there are still like like objective ways you can see how like somebody's lyrics might be good or how it might be creative. So like, I don't know, like, for me, my opinion on this is that like, if it comes to somebody who is not uh, writing their own music, but they sing instead, um, I don't know, because the term artist for me comes when like you create something. So maybe this person's line of thinking is like, if you're singing, there are certain types of emotions or feelings you can evoke, like you can evoke from other people. And maybe that's the type of art that they're doing, like that creation. They did say um, that not writing your own music just means you're a singer slash performing artist. So like maybe not like music artist, but like you're a performer. Yeah, um, I think, yeah, because like the just because of the way the term artist is, I feel like 
that's why there's usually a distinction and why people tend to get like very technical about it. Because like obviously like people treat artists as somebody who creates something and obviously like if you're not writing your own lyrics, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but that does put you in a different category to people who do write their own music. So it's good to keep that in mind. However, it doesn't um, mean that somebody is necessarily bad because like, for example, like they gave the um, examples of Elvis and Frank Sinatra, like those are obviously very well-respected singers Um, but you know, that doesn't mean that they're necessarily terrible singers because they don't write their own music. Um, but at the same time, like when it comes to things like art and creating art, I kind of treat it like the way I would treat a resume where like, for example, if you have two people and somebody writes their own music and somebody doesn't write their own music, like if you were to look at it through the perspective of a resume, it would be like one person has one more skill in the resume than the other person if you see what i'm if you see what i'm saying i also think um another thing to keep in mind because they brought up how like people discredit ariana grande because she has a whole bunch of co-writers i remember i think halsey talked about this on twitter um how like the way lyric writing credits are attributed it's like it's it's not like super accurate like it's very weird how they do it um like i remember we're talking about how, like, if someone were to just, like, change, like, one phrase or, like, one little thing, then they would get credited. Um, so it's, so just because a song has a bunch of songwriters on it doesn't mean that, like, one person's, like, that, that the artist who's performing the song didn't contribute a lot. Yeah, because, like, that was the whole, like, debate with um boy with love because like uh melanie fontana one of the songwriters on boy with love like she was going on and on about like song credits and whatever and how like she was on there but like at the same time she only contributed to like one or two lines that were actually used within the song and like the rest was written in korean by namjoon because he said in his live when he was talking about boy with love after the album came out that he wrote like 90 percent of the lyrics and so like people were looking at her like you were honestly out of your mind if you think that you're going to take credit for a song that like you only wrote like a couple of lines for and that's why like loads of people dislike her because it's like even though your name is on the credits like there's a possibility that you like probably only contributed like a couple of things but you would still get credited for it not to say that she shouldn't be credited but like at the same time like don't go and like claim that this is your song yeah if like you see a song and it has like 10 writers credited like understand that um it was definitely not like equal participation um yeah it's very interesting how songwriting credits work i honestly love looking at songwriting credits though um but even though like it's listed in the bts albums i usually wait for june to do his live so i can get like the full behind the scenes because just what's written on paper isn't a real accurate reflection of the work that was put in yeah that's why i love and appreciate namjoon's uh lives after an album gets released because he really does go into detail about like who did what like the whole process behind um all of the music making and it really just helps you put things into perspective even though I also do um, enjoy looking at song credits, I also don't just take them at face value. And I usually wait for some behind the scenes stories on that, which BTS always give us. So I'm glad for that. But anyway, um, to basically wrap up this submission, 
Um, I agree that people should not be seen as like um, a terrible singer if they don't write their own lyrics. But also at the same time, I do think that the distinction is important if you're going to be doing like comparing and contrasting. Um, I feel like on their own, like if you're just talking about a singer, like there's no need to make that distinction of, oh, they don't write their own lyrics. But like if you're going to be doing comparisons, then it's good to keep that in mind. But that's my take on it. Yeah, I, I, also it's important to keep in mind that um, just because someone does write their own lyrics doesn't mean it's good. For example, um, this is our podcast, so I don't care about name dropping. <laughs> um, I don't really care for Stray Kids' music, even though it's all composed and written by them. Like, that's their big thing. Like, they work, they are credited for all of their titles and b-sides and like honestly more power to them that's great i respect it i'm not gonna listen to it though i think i would just rather prefer the style of something like i i'd rather go listen to like a twice title track don't care if it's not written by them but like that's just like the style that i prefer and so like if it bops i'm gonna listen to it so i think you know it's good to give credit to artists that has put in the work and it's important to acknowledge you know songwriting and composing because that is a very um you know it's a it's a very specific skill to craft but at the same time i'm not gonna diss someone if they can't write because if i'd rather have them not write um then be forced to do it to put on the image of a artist yeah i'm only gonna start having problems if like somebody is comparing like somebody who's not writing to somebody who is writing and treating them like they're on the same level because it's like there's different distinctions and it's like you want to treat them in two separate categories like it's best not to like be comparing you know for example, like BCS to like somebody who like doesn't write their own lyrics, because then that always ends in disaster as well, because, you know, knowing how Twitter is like, there's always going to be fan wars. So I just I just tend to not do that stuff. But yeah. Okay, the next <laughs> the next submission says, I think fan bases should not be raising money or fighting for money for a one day mixtape. It feels sus. From I agree. <laughs> Um, yes, what, what the hell, guys? I'm sorry, but why are we raising 100k thousand dollars for an album that has not even, that, that we don't even know exists? It is mp3 tracks sitting on a hard drive. It is not, there is no date announced. Um, it is indefinitely TBA. Honest, and on top of that, like, the mixtape is gonna be like free release anyway, so it's not like we even need to save for money on that. It's not like something like, um, for example, like B, where it's an official album and it's obviously gonna cost money to buy it. But like, this is generally like you are saving money for something that could potentially be an exclusively SoundCloud release. So it's like, why are you saving money for something that you don't even know is going to be coming out on paid streaming platforms? Like that is so like the clownery really jumped out. You're also like giving money to fan bases and fan sites that are often run by solos and mantis and saucings. So like, I don't know, it's a whole mess. It's it's really a whole mess, in my opinion. I 
I I feel like people are gonna get scammed out of their money. Yeah, because like like I was saying, like what if they only release it on SoundCloud and it's just a free release? Like what if it never comes out on like Apple Music or something? Like what if it's just SoundCloud and then suddenly you realize how much money you just donated to a fan base and like you're not even going to be using that money to spend on the mixtape because it's free and then like you you're going to get like tens of thousands of people dming this person like hey i want my money back but they're probably not going to give you your money back how many trucks do you think that those fan sites can buy with like 100k oh my god (laughs) i don't even want to know hopefully like big hit moves to their new building quickly because that place has no parking and that means we won't have to see all these trucks again i'm pretty sure they were supposed to already be in it but then COVID 19 yeah it was because of the pandemic so they couldn't move everyone's villain origin story (laughs) right so like let's just hope that well not even let's just hope like in the future like people need to stop donating for mixtapes because yikes like I don't understand why we need to be doing that. I understand that some like some people want like mixtapes to chart, but I don't feel like it's necessary. Um, I feel like if it's going to chart, it would just happen organically. I don't feel like we need to really force it. It's not like an official release where we're trying to get it up on the charts. I mean, think about Mono's release. We had a two-day notice. The guy literally like, said in a concert so, that... It was so sudden. He was like, mm, here's the track list. And we were all like, what? Um, and like, it charted super high. Like, it broke record for like most number ones. Um on itunes like mono did really good despite the lack of preparation so i have high hopes for um the upcoming mixtapes yeah on a lighter note um i am terrified every single time i wake up because like i'll check my notifications and it'll be you guys in the group chat talking of course while i'm sleeping but i'll be terrified that like jungkook decided to just drop his mixtape at like 12 a.m korean standard time with like no notice and like i'm just gonna miss everything (sighs) like i i'm terrified i feel like he would drop it ariana grande style and not care like i was literally tweeting about this the other day how i'm literally terrified for like him just dropping a mixtape out of nowhere and it like is literally has no warning and it's probably with like a caption like hehe or like a smiley face or something <laughs> uh he would do that wouldn't he uh i i don't know i'm terrified and also um there's also Tay's album that could drop at any time. I feel like I feel like Tay is, you know, very artistic though. Like I feel like he would have like a more set plan. Um But like Jungkook also was talking about how he wants like three music videos and like choreography. So you know what? I have no clue. I have no clue. I'm just gonna continue living my 2021 days yeah those two are wild cards so whenever they decide to drop their mixtape i know that regardless i'm just gonna be like wholly unprepared so i'm just gonna live my life as is let let me let me just live in the present oh my gosh what if what if all of jungkook's music videos are directed by himself oh my goodness (sighs) you're gonna have to pay for my funeral because i'm not gonna make it out of this year then we're gonna be deceased (laughs) anyway um just thinking about V Cook dropping their albums is 
going to uh, give me a heart attack and send me into a coma. So let's move on. <laughs> All right. So the next submission, they say, I don't understand people who say it's music, not literature class, as an argument for not reading lyrics. It's one thing to prefer music that's made for vibing and not care about lyrical music. But how do you stand an artist like BTS, who is known for their lyricism and claim that reading their lyrics is unnecessary? It's like a Swifty saying that they think that Taylor's lyrics are unimportant when her lyricism is a point of pride for the fandom, just as BTS's lyricism is, or should be, a point of pride for armies. Obviously, not every song needs meaningful lyrics to be good, but saying that lyrics don't matter at all in music is just dumb. It's literally one of the main components most music critics analyze when reviewing music. And this is from the USA. They spilled so hard. Yeah, I I also, I don't know. I find it so disrespectful to be like, um, I'm listening to K-pop, not to care about lyrics. And like, yeah, that's true. But also, like, those... Yeah, it's in a different language, but those words still mean something. Yeah. Like, they have meaning. Um, It's not just random sounds. And someone sat down and wrote those lyrics. Um, It doesn't matter what the context of the lyrics are, if it's just, like, a fun song about partying, whatever. Like, either way, someone wrote that. Um... And I don't know, I think it's just so disrespectful to say, oh, I don't care what they're saying. Like, I don't know. It's just, it really rubs me the wrong way, and I don't think I can fully express why. But, I don't know, it just doesn't sit right with me to say that a foreign language um, doesn't matter. Yeah, it really does not sit right with me at all either. Because it's like, especially, like, for this person who said, like, if you stand an artist like BTS and you're telling me that lyrics don't matter, it's like, how did you become an army? Like the main selling point that BTS had to a lot of people is their lyrics. Their lyrics are what allowed them to have their music spread so far across the world. It's what so many people relate to universally. Like that's why I became an army because I saw the lyrics, I saw what they were saying and I related to that and it made me want to become their fan. I don't understand what type of aspects you would be a fan of if not their lyrics. Like, obviously, BTS are good looking. Obviously, you know, the sound of their songs are also good and they dance well. But like, those are just bonuses. Like, their lyrics are literally like the main reason why, like, pretty much everybody becomes an army. So it's really disheartening to have conversations and try and explain to people why reading their lyrics are important because it's like, that should have been a no-brainer. I don't, I'd like, it baffles me that we literally had to sit down on Stan Twitter one day and have a conversation with people and say, hey, you need to read BTS's lyrics. Like, that is insane. Uh, I don't know. It's just, it's also disrespectful to, like, the boys themselves who have said, hey, I hope our lyrics mean something to you. And then to be like, I can't read. Right? Like, (laughs) it is not a flex to show people that you do not know how to read. Like, that is not the, the... comeback that you think it is i i i even songs that are in english and i can understand i will still look up the lyrics because i don't know i think listening and reading at the same time allows me better comprehension like i feel like i'm not really grasping what i'm listening to unless i also read it 
Um, so, like, even if a song's already in English, I'll look up the lyrics. Right. And, like, there was even that one live that Namjoon was doing, um, like, it, I think it was, like, maybe two years back when um, Persona was released. But he was talking about how, like, these days people don't really listen to lyrics anymore, but he wanted to change that trend. He wanted to be somebody where, like, people, you know, listen to his lyrics and they want to they they get interested like he didn't want to be one of those artists where people weren't really interested in hearing what he has to say and like he's been saying this ever since debut especially like the other members as well they've been saying that they wanted their voice to reach other people they wanted people to understand and relate to what they have to say and like namjoon has said that like he wants to be a music artist where like people would like the song gets better at every listen and how like people can like listen to the song and be like oh so that's what he meant like he wants to make people think and you know as somebody who said like he wants to be like a writer and like a poet when he was growing up like for you know for you to I mean in fact I'm not even gonna actually it's probably that people don't even listen to his lives either because like I'm sure that like the same people who don't like look at the lyrics are probably the same people who also don't like watch their behind the scenes for like all their music making processes because clearly like if you saw how much work they put into like each and every song that would make you want to go and check out the lyrics so I'm sure that these people don't look at any of that yeah it's very weird how people like because i don't know what 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 they're standing what they're here for um yeah why are you here but yeah um okay so the next submission says this can be applied to more than just bts but i need people to realize that there is no such thing as an objectively good song there are objective ways you can measure the quality of a song lyrics production etc but at the end of the day your opinion of what is objectively good is still subjective I feel like people say stuff like, oh, Dynamite is objectively bad, they have much better songs, and act like it's some sort of fact. No, that is your opinion. You can say you think a song is good or bad, just understand that it will always be a subjective opinion at the end of the day. From USA. That is very true. Uh, Yeah, even our group chat is, like, very divided on, like, certain songs. Like, we'll be like this is the best song on the album. And then half of us will be like, no, you're crazy. This is the best song on the album. Um, Like our, I don't know, it's crazy how people's music tastes can differ. Um, Even like just last night, we were debating because um, we were curious about Rosé from Blackpink. She released her solo. And so she had two songs. She had On the Ground and then she had Gone. Um, and, like, some of us preferred Gone, and then, like, was it Anya who was like, are you crazy? Um, On the Ground is so much better. <laughs> yes, that was her. She was like, oh my god, you guys, like, literally have, like, no taste. She was like, she, am she I the only like, one who likes the song? And we're like, yeah, <laughs> She kinda. was like, you guys don't have ears. Um, anyway, so, like, yeah, even, like, within, um, like, us, our friend group, uh, we will have different tastes, we'll have different opinions on, like, which is quote-unquote objectively better. So, yeah, I think it really does just, like, come down to personal taste, and it's okay. Yeah, and like this person said, like, there are still aspects, because this is what I was talking about earlier, how there are aspects that you can judge that do have technical aspects. For example, songwriting, like lyric writing, um, you know, the production of a song, like those are things that you can um, analyze technically. But at the end of the day, like whether the song is actually good or bad, a lot of it does rely on personal opinion. And so will end up being very uh, very subjective at, at the end of the day. So, you know, people saying stuff like, 
oh, dynamite is like objectively bad. First of all, shut up. Just because you're not grooving, just because you're not shining through the city with a little funk and soul doesn't mean that the song is now trash. It's just that you don't like it. Move on. But yeah, I think that concludes all of uh, the the submissions for music. So now we're going to move on to the last section. And this one is racism slash political issues. So the first submission says... um, they said, just wanted to add some clarification on Jim Jones. I don't know if I didn't hear it, but he mostly, but he mostly attracted black people to his cult slash church. Is why people call him racist. Did he himself target black churchgoers, or was it mostly black people who just happened to join? We don't know, but I believe, uh, but I don't believe Yungi deserved the hate at all. I do agree, however, with the removal of the sample. And then, you know, they said in a, like a different submission, so I like bunched these together. But they said, ignore my last comment about clarification. Um, they got to the part where they considered racist, but I still think it was better for him not to use the sample. And this is from the USA. But basically, to give more clarification on that, even though you said to ignore the last comment, I was not going to. So, (laughs) but anyway, um, so in terms of like why um, there were so many Black people who were in his cult, um, I've watched like quite a bit of documentaries on um, the Jonestown Massacre. Um, So I'm pretty sure I'm right in saying this, but obviously if I'm not, please do correct me. But the reason why there's a lot, he had a lot of black followers is because obviously this was a time where black people were not having the best time in the US and, you know, his teachings just happened to appeal to them because they were being, you know, oppressed already. And so they were seeking some form of escapism and um, Jim Jones was apparently providing that to them, which is why a lot of people went along with um, what he was doing in his cult. Um, but the actual massacre itself was not a racial hate crime. The actual massacre happened out of paranoia from him. Obviously, like the FBI were starting to get onto him and he was paranoid that he was going to be found out. So he just decided to end it all. And that's what ended up with the whole mass suicide thing that happened at the site. That was not due to racism. That was due to paranoia. However, whether he was a racist man or not, that is arguable. Some people say he's not because he said that he advocated for, you know, equality and stuff in his cult. Um, But at the same time, other people have like pointed out questionable behavior from him. So whether or not you believe that this man is racist, that's something that like I really won't fault anyone for either agreeing or disagreeing with. However, Yungi's use of the sample, that was simply due to him not knowing who that person was. Because obviously, if he knew who that person was and knew the type of like negative impact he had on like the Black community, he wouldn't have used that. Like, I don't know why people try and paint him as intentionally racist. Because like, obviously, if he was that like dead set on using uh, a Jim Jones sample, knowing fully well who he was, like, he wouldn't have deleted it from his song, would he? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, the, I feel like people were really just, like, trying to jump. Um, I don't know. I feel like BTS hadn't gotten to a controversy for a while. So I feel like some people were kind of just, like, oh, for sure. it up. Um, and, like, made the problem even much bigger than it was. Because um, people were also accusing people of, like, covering it up. Because in, like, one of the Burn the Stages, you hear him playing around with the sample um, as he's working on his mixtape before it came out. And people were like, um, why do people cover this up? But, like, I don't, people weren't covering it up. Um, people just, like, weren't really thinking about it. Because the sample is also, um, has been used by 
lots of other artists like Brockhampton, Post Malone, Lana Del Rey. Um, so, you know, it's probably found within like yeah. the sample producing pack because that's usually where people get samples from. So I think the narrative that he specifically was searching for a Jim Jones sample uh, because he hates black people was just uh, was just a very reach. hard reach, very heavy reach. I'm surprised their shoulder did not get dislocated from that reach. <laughs> Honestly, and on top of that, it's like, People were talking about, oh my gosh, oh, he used it in the burn the stage clip and like you guys hit it. And it's like, do you really think that we're listening to enough of Jim Jones's speeches that we know exactly what he said <laughs> and exactly what he sounded like to even identify? Like, are you stupid? <laughs> like, imagine, like, if someone um, were listening to that and said, hey, I'm pretty sure that's a speech by Jim Jones. I would be like, how, how do you, you know? Even know that? Why right? would you even know that? <laughs> right? Like, how are you coming at us? Because, like, we have not listened to a Jim Jones speech and we weren't able to recognize it. Like, what makes you think in my free time I'm listening to propaganda from Jim Jones? Like, you guys must be insane if you think that I'm just suddenly going to identify his voice in his words out of, like, a sample pack like I like that really like struck me as odd like how could you possibly think that we all know what he sounds like and what he said that's honestly insane but yeah that was that so the next one um the next submission says as a black army how do you feel about BTS's past do you believe they have genuinely changed and educated themselves and why and this is from the USA obviously I'm going to assume that this is directed towards me so I'm going to answer um so as a Black ARMY, in terms of like BTS's past, obviously there are things that like I heavily disagree with them doing, for example, like RM's hair in the past or like the way that they kind of like have had stereotypical ideas about like hip hop and like how that also led into their stereotypes about like maybe Black people. And I definitely think that like their first couple of years were like kind of bumpy in terms of all that. Um, I definitely don't think it was with bad intentions. However, ignorance is still ignorance, but at the same time, you can't ignore their growth that they've had in the past few years. Obviously they're not perfect. They're continuing to learn by, day by day. Um, I don't expect them to be perfect now. And I feel like it's because a lot of people had their expectations like way too high, expecting like people on the other side of the world to know every single thing about like somebody else's culture. Um, while I do agree that BTS definitely need to be on their toes in terms of like how they touch upon hip hop and all that stuff, because it's a, a, a genre that they're constantly dabbling with. Um, I feel like people just don't give them enough room to educate themselves these days, especially because it's like they're so big now. So people like see like something that is like a scandal and then like they're already on it they want them to be canceled so uh that does get annoying um and it makes it hard for you know people to pick out like who's actually doing educating but in terms of how i feel about um how they are now i honestly don't have any problems with bts present day they haven't really done anything to upset me um, in terms of how they've come across in terms of like their perspective on hip hop or their perspective on black people. I feel like they've been very respectful as of late. And clearly 
Um, Namjoon has shown remorse for what he did. He regrets like his ba- like his hair. Like I remember he always talks about like how much he regrets having that hairstyle. And, you know, he talks about, he educates others. Yeah, like obviously you have the instance where they were performing fake love in America for the first time and they rearranged the, the lyrics um, in Shriga's verse to, so it didn't sound like they were saying the N word because obviously like the whole nega, niga thing in Korean, like it makes it sound like the N word. So you can see snippets where it's like, even if they haven't directly said anything about certain topics, like you can see in their behavior that they're different. So I don't know, some people would rather prefer like a direct apology for certain things um, and then seeing growth, but other people will um, accept the growth even if like there hasn't been like a specific apology for a certain thing. I think I'm more on the latter side because like, People apologize for stuff all the time and sometimes it means literally nothing um, because you can apologize for anything and like still not show growth. So I'm the type of person where like, even if you haven't addressed something specifically, if I see that definitely your behavior is different, then like, I'm not really going to care. But yeah, that's basically my take on it. Um, I don't have any problems with them present day. And even if I did, I would still be on the side of educating them. So that's what's the most important to me. So yeah. Um, the next submission, they say, should ARMY participate in politics? Should should we support a cause, not on behalf of ARMY, but as the person we are? I mentioned this because I don't think we all think alike. I have many discrepancies, and sometimes it bothers me to be branded something for the mere fact of belonging to the fandom. We are not a block. We are people whose common interest may be BTS, and that is from Peru. Um, I also agree. Yeah, I see... Yeah, I agree. Like, I like I think that um, some armies are politically active, not because yeah. they're armies, but because they're people um, and because they have identities and they identities outside of being a fan of BTS. But people that treat like the army fandom itself as like a political entity and that like armies and BTS are the ones that are going to end world hunger. Like, that's definitely where I draw the line. Like, people expect way too much. Yeah, because I remember I was even talking about this, like, because I've been, like, interviewed for it a couple of times, because, like, after Match a Million, like, a couple of people reached out to me for my thoughts. And while I do enjoy seeing, like, armies um, coming together online and using the presence that we have to help, like, in terms of, like, political things, I do not want us to be labeled as political activists online because we're just armies. And, you know, people shouldn't treat it like, oh, now that armies have like helped so much for Black Lives Matter, like we should expect armies to sabotage somebody else in politics. Like that's not what we're here for. Obviously, like people who are in the army fandom will be doing stuff like that, will be involving themselves in politics, but not because they're armies, but just because they're people who are interested in politics. Because a lot of armies are people of color or people who are in marginalized groups like the LGBTQ plus community. So naturally, we're going to be invested in those topics by nature and not just because we're fans of a certain group. Like, regardless of whether we were armies or not, we would be campaigning for better for our people and you know for other types of issues in general like it has nothing to do with us being an army so while i do like seeing armies involve themselves in politics people also should keep in mind that this is not our identity online and um like they shouldn't just be treating us as like people who meddle in politics that's not our main like thing that we do online 
And okay, so the next submission, they say racism that is common to speak openly about hating Westerners and white people, but all other forms of racism are called out. And this is from the USA. Ooh, this is an interesting, this is an interesting submission. So in terms of like hating Westerners and white people, I do see some people who do treat um, hating white people as a personality trait. And those types of people I end up finding pretty annoying because it's like, at the same time, obviously there's a lot of white privilege and there's a lot of times where white people do need to be called out. But like just throwing hate towards white people simply for existing is pretty counterproductive, even though a lot of people don't want to hear it. Also, a lot of them are white people themselves thinking they can earn brownie points from POC. (laughs) Right? Like, don't think we didn't see your profile picture, Margaret. Like, we know exactly where you come from. So it's like, I don't understand, like, this trend of, like, just hating white people in general for brownie points. Because I remember there was this whole issue... Um, a couple of months ago, because this like big army account ended up getting uh, canceled for because what was it? It was when Gracie Abrams uh, joined Weverse. Yes. And simply because she was a white woman, people were sending her hate on Weverse because she wasn't POC and saying that like, what, like they were asking why she was there, like as if she didn't have a right to be there even though like there was never any specification that Weverse was solely for Korean artists. In fact, they said in the Big Hit press conference um, that they wanted to expand Weverse to include international artists. Exactly, but these are the same people who, like the same people who try and be edgy on Twitter for clout are the same people who also don't watch content. So like... I'm not surprised that people missed the memo because they probably were not listening anyway. Um, And so it was really like, I like honestly felt so bad for her because she literally just came on and started existing and she's so nice. And she was just getting hate for just being on Weverse. And the person, like there were a lot of people who maybe not started the hate train, but they were certainly not doing anything to stop it. And they were kind of like enabling people to like make jokes on her Weverse. And so like people were coming at like those accounts because it's like, you're literally like enabling cyberbullying. And then like, I remember there's like a whole issue of like this big account deactivating. It might've been Eat Vope. It wasn't it that person. I think they got, maybe uh, they were the person who like people came at because like they were laughing at some of the comments that were left on like uh, Gracie's Weverse. And so people were talking about like, oh my gosh, you're like enabling bullies. Like you're no better than the people who are like sending hate comments. And so like they ended up getting canceled and like they deactivated. I'm pretty sure um, they're probably still on Twitter, but just like under a more private account. So I don't really know who like where they are now, but like as far as I'm concerned, like their big account was like deactivated because you know after they like apologized for what they did, they just kind of like went MIA. So um, it's things like that where like I really don't understand why people need to overcompensate and just like start targeting random white people for fun. Um, I think it's stupid and I feel like it can really make it difficult to call out racism where it's necessary because then people will start taking us less seriously. Like, obviously, like I was saying, like when the time comes where a white person is racist and we need to call that out, great. But like, if you're literally just like on white people's cases for doing nothing, like you're not helping. 
you don't want to hear it, but you're not helping. So I think. Okay, I I think this is. Are we on our very last submission? Yes, we are. All right, the very last submission um for this entire installment of Army Anonymous is. How can we tackle the issue of armies being overprotective? Some of the issues being raised actually feeds into the racist image of Asian men being weak and serves no other purpose than causing unrest in the fandom. From India. And yeah, I think we've talked about this, about how um, the, um, that there is, when we talk about Manti's, you know, being overprotective of BTS, there, that is what is, you know, demasculizing them that is what is infantilizing them that is what is making bts seem like you know children or makes them seem like they don't know any better and that like they're just these corporate puppets yeah exactly i agree because it's like like it was literally like the same issue that i feel like i might have mentioned this in a previous army anonymous part but like there was literally that instance where that like huge j-hope um fan base that chinese bar they have like 50k followers plus and they were literally making a thread tagging big hit because during the run episode that we recently just had where they were doing the 77 minute debate uh they were mad that j-hope was getting sprayed by the water cannon and they were saying that it was physically and mentally uh uh harmful towards him and I was like, what the heck? You're literally tagging Big Hit because he got sprayed by water. You people would literally not last a day in the real world. And I get so sick and tired Honestly. of seeing infantilization of, you know, the BTS members. Because it's like they're grown men. J-Hope is literally 27. He does not need Twitter user J-Hope Baidu Bar to come and fight on his behalf because he was sprayed by water during a BTS run episode. Like, I don't think they understand how much they literally resemble like helicopter parents always hovering over their favorite member always seeing oh my gosh like they're uh like everyone around them is basically being unsafe they're trying to harm their favorite member and it's like so annoying i hate having to call people out for this because it's like it makes me sad that i have to explain to people why they shouldn't take agency away from like grown men in their 20s and it does perpetuate these stereotypes of asian men being weak it's like what makes you think that he doesn't have the capability to come out and say that he's uncomfortable if he wanted to because if j-hope was truly uncomfortable with himself getting sprayed by water in that episode he could have easily tapped out because he's done that before in previous run episodes. So it's like when I see stuff like that, it just makes me wonder, like their line of thinking is just so warped. And I know I say this all the time, but I'm saying it because it's true and I get so frustrated. Yeah, it's just it's it's very weird. Um, I don't know, like people have this like really weird image of like Asian men. And I definitely think it's rooted in like people might not think they're being racist but assuming that an asian adult um does not have autonomy yeah that's definitely feeding into um some very old racial stereotypes so let's cut that out (laughs) yeah because best believe if this were like a western artist like if they were like for example like a black artist you would not be adding their company saying hey you guys were putting too much force in that water cannon. You guys are scarring him physically and mentally. You would not be babying 
artists if they were not Korean. Let's be honest, because people just feel the need to um, act like Asian men are weak, that they can't speak up for themselves. And that infantilization is like, it's, it's honestly has racial undertones. So like, just don't be racist, maybe. But yeah, I think that pretty much concludes Army Anonymous for this week. So if you got this far, thanks for listening. We actually uh, are like an hour and 45 minutes in. So this is going to be a long recording. I'm sick. Yeah, I'm sick because this is way longer than the first two parts. Even though Um, there's only like one extra question. Yeah, even like what happened? I don't know what happened. Maybe it's because, um, so when we recorded parts one and two, We've been really busy, so we recorded those very late at night, um, but this one, it's now 3 o'clock in the afternoon, so we started recording around um, 1-ish, so maybe that's why we're just, like, more energetic. I don't know how it happened, but thanks for listening this long. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, exactly. So we're going to be back to our regularly scheduled episodes next week, so stay tuned for episode 13, I believe. All right. Bye for now. Maybe they did wrong, but like they gave you so many pretty pictures. I'm like the pretty pictures do not excuse the sesang behavior. I don't care how many pretty pictures of Jungkook or Namjoon or Jin or any of the members you took. It doesn't change the fact that you literally went out of your way to purchase illegal information and you went and stalked them and invaded their personal privacy and you took photos of them with like knowing fully well you invaded their privacy you took those photos without their consent and now not only are you taking those photos but you're selling them so you're selling them based off of the illegal methods you've used to even obtain the information to figure out where they were in the first place like how do you sleep at night talk with army is written and edited by daisy and delilah who you can find on twitter at nijazia329 that is at N-A-I-J-A-0329 and Adorable Trap at A-D-O-R-A-B-1-E-T-R-A-P. You can also follow our official podcast Twitter at studio underscore 090713. That's at S-T-U-D-I-O underscore 090713. The thumbnail art was commissioned by Rafa, who can be found on Twitter at RKDraws. That's A R E k-a-y underscore d-r-a-w-s stay tuned for a preview of the next episode